In this podcast, David Cherry, priest, lecturer, and spiritual director, gives the keynote address at the National Conference, exploring the place of contemplative expressions of church, contemporary mission, and fresh expressions of the church. David explores the theme of the importance of Christian spirituality as a vehicle for mission. This was recorded at the London Centre for Spirituality in London and at the Church of St. Mary Woolnoth in the City of London on Monday, the 16th of May, 2011. Thank you for inviting me to uh, the conference uh, today and to talk to you. The invitation, I have to say, came as a bit of a shock, and I'm still slightly in my neurotic way getting my wits about me and wondering who said no. (laughs) But I'm very pleased to be able to participate in some of your day and hope some of my sketchy thoughts um, may uh, be of use. I didn't think I would start this way, but this is the way I think I was meant to start. We're in a free market. The church, to some extent, has succumbed to it as a way of life. We are in the big society where we have to make something of ourselves, take responsibility. What we thought might be a supportive strategy for passing on what we have received so that others too can discover God is in fact feeling and looking more like a commodity among others that we have to fund ourselves and sell in a marketable way. It's happening in universities. Education is business. It must meet the demand of employability in a system whose telos is largely unquestioned, wealth, success. Wisdom is reduced to knowledge and knowledge to information. Education is driven by having usable skills for the economy, I suppose. And this is forming who people are. And I leave you to imagine the ecclesial equivalent and the concomitant dangers of the free market. I think this is the beginning of finding our context in the 21st century, or one of the beginnings. And I take it that you and I are those who are beginning to see and feel and experience how that drive is exhausting and reductive of human potential, rather than being imaginatively creative. And perhaps it is because we are discovering by gratuitous impulses of God, we can call grace alone, because we are discovering that which is not market-driven, not reductive of human beings, um, because of this we are beginning to see what is reductive and futile. To put it another way around, in the process of being brought into being from another place and so decontaminated, we are discovering what is contrary and corrosive of real life, what it is we are being decontaminated from. We are beginning to see what futility and sin looks like. I suppose for many of us it begins with dissatisfaction, running out of a commodity we once called faith, but simply don't have any more of or the energy to be earnest about it. Some will walk away at this point, and you and I know well the avenues of addiction and obsession you and I fall into which lead to alienation from ourselves, others, and God. And despite all that, you and I, I take it, 
we have chosen to stay, partly unable to walk away, so deep is the contagion of God, and partly because, or certainly in my case, a stubborn refusal to be excluded from the church. Sorry, I'm here to stay. I will not go away. For you and I know only too well the perturbations, the unease that comes with avoid, avoiding that love that has been spoken in Christ and for which you and I are made and for which we long. From day to night you bring me to an end the psalmist says in one of my favorite verses, from day to night you bring me to an end. Dissatisfaction, an end, is the beginning of a desire for what St. Ignatius calls the more. That I desire more is a sign of the spirit, God laboring, God acts as one who labors, says Ignatius. The spirit stirs and will not be silent. It takes huge courage to enter this field and stay in the free market, playing the game, but not being formed by it. Ian and Moot will know this only too well, to remain in the context, but not be formed in it. But that is merely the shadow of the real thing. It is depressing, I find, when we shrink away from the context and barricade ourselves up from making some sort of reasoned, coherent apologia of what Christian spirituality and mission really are and look like. It is also depressing when we try to define ourselves over against anything, any mode of being, any way of life. It is the being formed from God's elsewhere that I believe to be what believe contemplation is, what it is about, being formed from God's elsewhere. Contemplation, of course, not of oneself, but of God. St. Irenaeus is often quoted for saying that the glory of God is the human person fully alive, but I seldom hear the rest of the quote, and the glory of the human person is the vision of God. We become whom we contemplate. The whom is vitally important. That's a title by a book by um, Aschenbrenner, a Jesuit on the spiritual exercises. Becoming whom we contemplate. The whom is important. It is not a what. Jesus leaves the crowd to be alone with his father. He goes away to decontaminate but more than that, to be at one with another so that he can act what in God's eye he is, as Hopkins says, in self-giving, self-surpassing love on the cross for others. The contemplation of God is the noticing and attending to the coming into being of this mode of Christ's being, self-giving love, as we discern in our lives what is false and provisional and what is coming from God's elsewhere, as we notice the society which is God's life, persons who are finding communion, that great vision of the new Jerusalem descending from heaven in the apocalypse, 
an ongoing, unstoppable dynamic of God's creativity. Though all is seared with trade, bleared, smeared with toil, and wears man's smudge and shares man's smell, writes Hopkins, for all this, nature is never spent. There lives the dearest freshness deep down things, because the Holy Ghost over the bent world broods. God is, and God is never absent. God is there to be discovered. That is what revelation means to me, discovery. Community is because God is. You cannot create God's life. God creates God's life. Wherever, wherever there is a living community of those who are being brought into an honesty, perhaps through a bush backwards, as in my case, wherever this is found, this kind of community, God is. When I was a university chaplain, I was at pains to explain to missionary incursions from local churches that they weren't bringing God into a context where God was absent, but they were welcome to discover and to be one with others in conversation, conversion, those who were being revealed to. How much more relaxed, creative, playful we become when we begin to take this on board. God is the creator. Here is the process of those who are, not, who are being brought into seeing and hearing, eyes being opened and ears unstopped to the reality of a God who we cannot know or grasp or package or sell, but God who has chosen to infuse his life if we will but allow that. Rather, a God you can discover who is in relationship with you, and I put it that way round. We are the recipients of a God who is creating us, bringing you and me as part of that great labor of bringing to birth that which is of God, a culture of grace, graciousness, rather than that which is futile. Here is a God who can be experienced, attended to, here is the reality of a culture which one can stumble into when the hitherto has ended up being what one can no longer believe and when you are brought, perhaps over and over again, to an end of yourself or the end of your futile desires. As um, you said earlier, I became a vicar of an Anglo-Catholic shrine church, St. Mary's Bourne Street, together with another Tractarian church, St. Barnabas Pimlico, which was where there were anti-papist riots in the last century. <clears throat> it's very expressive um, to worship there. I'm not so sure about fresh. We're working on that. I find myself in two, in two fields, contra contraries meeting in one or as one. I'm not quite sure yet. I love the rich traditional liturgy, not for what it is, but because it is capable of containing me. It is something objective, something more than myself, containing a rather fragile self. And I see my role in preaching and pastoring to help people to see that all liturgy is is contemplation, not the fetish of what we do, but as Aschenbrenner says, allowing God to happen to you. 
Liturgical contemplation which conveys God's life to us as we contemplate, we recall and are present to the full gamut of the mysteries of the Lord's life from the incarnation at the introit to the heavenly messianic banquet in Holy Communion. While the performance of the liturgy, and I think it should be performed, goes on, it remains a moot point as to whether at a personal level this objective contemplation is found by others to be containing and life-giving. I think I have realized that the communal, corporate, historical expression is going to require the personal, individual engagement where personal contemplation is leading to a personal convergence with God, where my brothers and sisters with me are learning to leave behind and be freed from a God who is, well, simply not God, but an idol from which to be weaned, set free. So much of my spiritual direction work is around this, enabling over a long time a process of stumbling into the kingdom of God, a process of discovering that the God one believed in is in fact no God at all, and that the self one has constructed is in fact provisional and always is. I cannot be self-made. My life is, in fact, hid with Christ in God and still emerging. Who I am is received from God through contemplation and the nurturing relationships which are similarly attending to God's life in them. Ten years ago, I came to a rather sticky end of myself through clumsy ecclesiastical institutional circumstances <laughs> and hopeless pastoral care, which were largely not of my making and for which I was ill-prepared. A crisis, though, turned into an opportunity, Kairos, God's timing over the years that I'm still in, a process of deconstruction and putting together some of the pieces. My faith and spirituality was saved by, Gerardia, by the Gerardian insights of James Allison and the spiritual exercises of St. Ignatius of Loyola. It is to the spiritual exercises that I want to point to as I end. For in them is provided a dynamic of conversion in which the self is taken utterly seriously and God in Christ is absolutely central. He is the one one contemplates. He is the one whom we contemplate, but no progress can be made. In fact, the exercises cannot be undergone until one has accepted the principle and foundation that one is a creature being brought into being by another, that one is not one's own creator. Until one has accepted with relief and peace that one is in the hands of another and that the purpose of life is already given by another to love, serve and praise God our creator and by this means to save one's soul. Until that is accepted and relished and intimately known, no, no progress can be made. For St. Ignatius, contemplation is of Christ, drawing near to Christ as you contemplate his life, ministry, death, and resurrection, 
and coming at the end to the contemplatio, you contemplate the life of God as a person participating and relishing the interdependent life of God and undergoing this intimate personal dynamic with him in a 30-day retreat or in a retreat in daily life. So I end with this plug, and I suppose I'm really saying there is no mission without the coming of individual persons to a realization of our true place as those created by another, without the free offering of one's autonomy to allow God to happen to you, which is a relief and a surrender. And finding one's personal vocation is not self-fulfillment, but to participate in the reconciling project of God to bring all things into unity. To be sent on mission is rooted in this contemplation. For me, that is the only way I can see it, the personal and communal contemplation. And I think when one has mentioned the word mission, I quickly want to also use the words discovery as revelation and communion should not be far away. And I think I've seen on the program that this, the Trinitarian communal life of God, is the subject of a talk which I'm not giving. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information on Fresh Expressions Roundtable Number 5 and other podcasts of this conference and the MOOC community, please see www.sacramental-fresh-expressions.ning.com and www.moot.uk.net.